Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody, and we give him praise today. And we thank you so much for joining us for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Carefree. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in that series. This is part number four, and it is subtitled, He Hears Me. Remember, you can hear the entire series by going to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Just look for the Carefree series. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, He Hears Me, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, well, today here again, we're going to get into the message, uh, A Carefree Life or Carefree. And today we'll be speaking from the subtitle of He Hears Me. All right, the goal of our series uh, is to unmask worry, unmask worry, uh, to gain power over it, get delivered from it, and walk in a carefree, focused life in Christ. Amen. So somebody asked, well, where is your church going? Where are you headed? We're headed to a carefree, focused life in Christ. Hallelujah. Where is God leading you? Where is God leading you? He's leading you to a carefree, focused life in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, worry is not your default position. Hallelujah. Worry is a malfunction. It is a wrong function. You're not supposed to be worried all the time. You're not supposed to be fearful or afraid. You're not supposed, that's not you. Hallelujah. That's not you. Glory to God. That's not you. Say with me, that's not me. And that's not what God wants for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to, in this series, we're going to unmask worry. Take that old ugly mask off of it. We're going to gain power over it. We're going to open up a can on it. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to stop right there. Open up a can of, of whoop it down. How about that? Hallelujah. We're going to open up a can. Uh, we're going to get delivered, oh, delivered from it. And we're going to walk in a carefree, focused life in Christ. Say amen. All right. Then also, here's our opening statement. Read every week. Uh, we don't worry because of ignorance, cowardice, laziness, or because of um, irresponsibility. We don't worry because, uh, because we have done all that we can do to stand, and we've chosen to leave the rest in the master's capable hands. So that should make a little bit more sense to you uh, from these weeks. This is part number four. And it says here also, uh, we don't worry because we've trusted in the greater one and with him on our side. Uh, we know the battle has already been won. Amen. All right. And our opening scripture, of course, read this every week. It says, come. This is Matthew, the 11th chapter, verses 28 through 30 of the King James Version. It says this, come unto me, the Lord Jesus speaking, all you that labor and are what? Heavy laden. And I will give you. Let's read it together. Ready? Let's go. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. As we said before, Jesus wants you uh, to be free of those heavy burdens. Jesus wants you to be carefree. And I'm talking about 100% carefree. We talk about the differences and differences and differences and definitions of the word care. We'll look a, bit, a little bit about that today. But go with me in your Bible. This is now on the screen. Go with me in your Bible to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, the third chapter. Let me tell you another reason, another very strong reason why God wants you to be and needs you to be carefree. Are you with me? 
All right. It says here, Galatians, the third chapter, when you get it, say, I got it. It says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ have, have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Verse number two, very powerful. This only uh, would I learn of you. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by flesh? Uh, have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Verse 5, he therefore that worketh, rather he therefore that ministereth uh, to you the spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it, or does he do it, by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? All right, let's go down to verse number nine. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 10, uh, for as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law uh, to do them. Verse 11, but he that, rather, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now, why do we read all that? Let me tell you. How does this relate to you being carefree? How does this relate uh, to God wanting you to be carefree? I'm so glad you asked me that question. When you're ministering before people, when you're laying on of hands, when you're, when you're praying, praying for them, when you're giving them a word from the Lord, if you are doing this under the constraints of law, in other words, if you're looking at yourself, uh, remember law qualifies you. Law was a system of do's and don'ts. God said to them, to the Israel Old Testament, do this and I'll bless you. Don't do that and I won't bless you. But Jesus has delivered us from the system of law and has given us grace. Remember the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. Under law, you can have a bunch of worry. You can have a bunch of stress because remember the law makes you look to you. And you say within yourself, I will, if we talk about in the confines of ministering to others or even receiving from God yourself, if you are under the constraints of the law, you will say, well, within yourself, well, God won't do this for me because I haven't done enough. Are you hearing? Yes. He's, or when you're trying to pray for someone else to receive a miracle, if you're looking, if you're under the constraints of law, and you'll say within yourself, well, how can I pray for you? I haven't done this. I haven't prayed like I'm supposed to pray. I haven't studied my Bible like I'm supposed to uh, study my Bible. I haven't done these things. See, what's happening? You're trying to qualify yourself based on your works which keeps you under a system of law. And if you're under the system of law, the devil will always beat up on you. You're going to pray for somebody? Who are you? How are you going to pray for them? Look what you did and this and that and the other, but it's not about what you did. It's about what Jesus did for you. Are you hearing? Your faith, and this is why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith, that is walking by the grace of God given to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ and not by sight, not upon what we have done or what we are doing. 
Your faith should point to him, to his finished work and not your own. Your faith should point to his ability and not to your inability. Does that make sense? So when you're coming to receive prayer, and I've seen this many, many times before, and people raise their hands, say, Lord, please, yeah, I need a miracle. Please, 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 please. And they begin to beg. Why are they beginning to beg? Because they think in themselves, I really don't deserve this. Maybe God won't do this for me. And all this begging and whining really is a sign of fear. You don't think he's going to do it for you. And so we beg and we whine and we moan, God, God, please, please, please. That's fear and that's worry. That's anxiety. And all those things are built right under the law. But if we said, Lord, if we said, Father, I'm here before you right now, and I know I'm not worthy of myself to be here, so I'm not talking about me. I'm here before you because of the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, I have been made your righteousness. Through Jesus, we are rightly connected right now, and I declare that I have power to stand before you right now through the finished work of Jesus Christ, not on my own righteousness, but upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I qualify to receive your blessing based on what Jesus has done for me with his blood. And I'm not trying to qualify based on any good things I've done. So it works here again. So if you're laboring under the law, you're going to have a lot of care, a lot of worry, because you're always going to be looking at you. And you will always be imperfect in your sight. Are <laughs> you hearing? You will always have flaws in your sight when you look at you through your eyes. But what God wants you to see is that you need to look at you through his eyes. Because through his eyes, you've been made perfect and you're being made perfect through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through his eyes, you are the righteousness of God already. Through his eyes, you are already a son and a daughter of God. Through his eyes. Through his eyes, you're already good. Through his eyes, he calls you a saint. And how many times have I heard people say, I'm, well, I'm no saint. I don't know what you're saying because the Bible declares that we are saints, that we are holy ones of God. Hallelujah. I am a saint of the most high God right here, right now. Hallelujah. The Bible says plainly, as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Glory to God. And don't you know that uh, we are the, known as the body of who? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. He is Christ and we are his body. Now, if you are normal and if you are no, uh, for a normal, healthy body, the power that's in the head also flows to the body. The same blood that flows through the head also flows through the body. When Jesus walked upon the earth, people wanted to touch not his head, but his body. They wanted to touch from his body, even to touch the hem of his garment. They wanted to touch him and be made whole. Don't you know that Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and there is still power in his body? So if the power is still in the head, and it is, then the power is also still in this body, and we are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, the power of God is still resident on the inside of us. Hallelujah. 
You see, your worry, your worry days will begin to diminish and end when you stop trying to qualify your goodness. When you stop trying to qualify how you need to receive or, or you're not good enough to receive or God doesn't like me and all this stuff based on what you do. You're still looking at what you do and it's smelling like dude. I didn't say it, you did it. Are you hearing? We need to look to Jesus, look to his finished work, hallelujah. What has Jesus accomplished for you with his blood? When I step into his righteousness, when I step into his favor, when I step into what he did, I become invincible, you become invincible, hallelujah. When I step in the blood of Jesus and I declare what he said, worry has to back up from me. Are you hearing? If you look at, again, fear, uh, rather worry, anxiety, frustration, all that is rooted really in fear. And where did the first instance of fear? What was the first instance of fear in the Bible? Well, you'll find it there in the book of, in the book of beginnings when Adam said to, to God, I was afraid and I hid myself. The first instance, recorded instance of man being afraid was when man was misaligned or out of alignment with God. So therefore, all fear is rooted in a misalignment with God. Because if you know that if you know that you're in right standing with Him, what would you have to be afraid of? If you knew that you that God loves me and that you love the Lord and, and you're right there with God and God is with you and, and He's for you, if you knew that on the inside, who could stop you? Who dare stand before you when you know you're in right alignment with God? But fear comes in when the devil says, Hey, God doesn't love you. You did this wrong, you did that wrong, you're not doing this good enough, and all that stuff comes. And here again, fear is fear simply tells you that there are some sort of misalignment somewhere you're misaligned but Jesus came to restore the relationship between you and God the Father what Jesus did for you is perfect there's no need to add to it it was a perfect sacrifice on a perfect day it was a perfect death and a perfect resurrection hallelujah and he's sitting right now at the right hand of God in that perfect place making intercession for you and I hallelujah his presence in the Father his presence right there on the throne next to God speaks about you and die every time the angels look at Jesus and they see the scars in his hand they know oh God loves them God loves them every time the devil if he dares to look up and sees the scars still present he knows what Jesus did for you with his blood hallelujah every time he looks over at the mercy seat of God that's right there before the throne of heaven and how the blood of Jesus was shed there was sprinkled on that on that real mercy seat every time God looks at that he thinks about the sacrifice that he made for you. That he made for you to be right in his sight. Hallelujah. God loves you. And if we can ever get out of this qualification stuff and just receive what God has done for you. Are you hearing? My children are always my children. Sometimes they may want to deny me. I act a little bit crazy sometimes, Mary. I do. Hallelujah! Are you hearing me? But they will always be my children. Are you hearing? 
Now, there are children that have tried to go to the courthouse and have their parents' names removed from the birth certificate. You can do that, but they are still your children. They are still your parents. Once you are born of God, born again, once you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are truly born of God, and the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, you are his child. Now, you may walk in disobedience. I can't get no talk in here. And disobedience breaks fellowship, but it never breaks relationship. When you have broken fellowship, you'll find that things don't flow like they're supposed to flow. And you'll find really the chastisement of your father trying to bring you back in right standing with him. Hallelujah. Sometimes it ain't your coworkers. Sometimes it's not the boss. When things don't go right, sometimes it may be your heavenly father, your father trying to get you back in the right uh, standing with him. And sometimes the only time we hear is when something's going wrong. And we, oh, what is God saying now? Oh. Sometimes the only time we pray is when something goes wrong. And sometimes I think there is no incentive for God to bless his people. Sometimes because when some of us get blessed, we go the other way. But that was the thing that God told the children of Israel there in Deuteronomy. When you have built goodly houses, when you, when you, when you, when you, um, when you planted and you, you have plenty of stuff, don't forget me. For it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. So I pray that all of you are blessed, but don't forget God. Hallelujah. Now let's go back again uh, to, the, to this message. Uh, we see here in Matthew, rather Matthew 11, yes, we read this. And uh, here again, God, we went through all of that to say that God needs you to be free, needs you to be free of worry, care, and, and fear, and all that, because all of that is uh, results of living under law, living under bondage. Fear have torment. And if you continue to try to qualify yourself as in reasons why God can bless you or reasons why God can use you, you're already missing out Amen. on what he has already provided for you. What do we do with our sins? We confess them before the Father. He's waiting for you. Jesus gave us the, a perfect picture of what the Father is willing to do for us in the, in the account of the prodigal son. That's the father's relationship to you and I. The prodigal son didn't cease to be a son. He was still a son when he went out and did what he did. And the father was still the father of the son. And he was willing, so that here again, the relationship was not destroyed, but the fellowship was destroyed. Or was marred, we can say. And then when the son came back around, look what the father did. He met with arms open wide. He ran to the son. And that's what God is running to you. He's running to you, running to you with arms open wide. Are you hearing? So again, it's going to be difficult for us to minister, difficult for us to serve, difficult for us to live a godly life, always looking at us. If you're always looking at you, what you have done right or what you have done wrong. Because here again, if, if you look at yourself as to what you have done right, then you get in uh, that 
that false righteousness or that self-righteousness, then you think that you are better than other people. And that's bad. And if you're looking at you and you see how, how bad you are, what you did, then that's bad too. Anything that continuously looks at you is bad. We need to look at Christ. See yourself through the eyes of Christ. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, see yourself through the eyes of Christ. That's how we will minister to others, and that's how we will be ministered to, by seeing ourselves in the finished work of Christ. Amen? Jesus not only died for you, if you get this, he also died as you. Jesus was your substitute. He not only died for you, but he also died as you. When he rose again, he not only died, rose for you, he also rose as you so that you could rise. Because heroes, you can rise. Because Jesus got out of hell, you can now get out of hell. Does that make sense? All right, so God wants you to be free of your cares and your worries. He wants it, wants you to be free. But even knowing that about Christ, we can still find ourselves being bogged down in worries from time to time. We're going to need to be delivered from worries and frustration and fears from time to time. These things can come back on you. You can be free at one moment, but then it can try to come back on you the next moment. But you should know you. You should know the telltale signs of this. You should know when you are becoming frustrated, when you are becoming worried when you are beginning to be overwhelmed with fear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, talk to me in here. You should know when these horrible feelings come on you, they don't feel good. When they begin to come on you, don't give in to it. We then at that point begin, this is what you should do, you should begin to confess your part in the matter of this because you had something to do with it. Begin to confess the sin that led to this and then cast that care to the Lord. And we're going to show you this today in the word of God. There's so much I want to show you. All right, let's go a little bit further. Um, let's look at this one. It says, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. So this is why we're going to live a carefree life. This is your, uh, this is your holy scroll, we can say, given to you by the Father. This is your authorization that he wants you to live a carefree life. Because again, 1 Peter uh, 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting how much of your care? All, all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now your heavenly father wants you, uh, he wants you to care, but not that type of care. Remember the casting the care, all your care upon him. This care here is written in the first part of the verse talks about uh, where we are, uh, or this is marked by fear, worry, dread, and it is a heavy weight that we were not designed to carry. You've got to give that to the Lord. This is the care that he's talking about. Many translations translate that first part of the verse as in casting all your anxiety unto the Lord. For he, God, cares for you. This is the good kind of care that God does. This is the kind that is nurturing. This is the kind that, uh, that oversees, that, that looks upon to make sure everything is okay. But not one that is filled with dread, worry, fear, and anxiety. Are you hearing? Amen. So we've got to uh, care the way God wants us to care. Now, if we get out of bound, out of focus, and if, if we get 
out of balance in our care, that care can overwhelm you. It can overwhelm you. And when you are so full of care that you are distracted from your worship with God, you got to cast that away. When you are so full of care that you can't read your Bible, you got to cast it into the Lord. When you're so full of care that you don't even feel like coming to church anymore, you got to cast it to the Lord. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. When you're so full of care that you can't even worry. Yeah, that doesn't sound right, does it? When you're so full of care that you worry and you can't even pray. Just seeing if you're listening. When you're so full of worry that you can't even give. So full of care, so full of worry, you can't even give. You can't even go to work. When you're so full of care and worry. When you're so full of care and worry that you can't even spend time with your family. It's time to cast it to the Lord. Something's very wrong and we've, we've gone too far. We've gone too far. So hear this and we're beginning to close. Your relationship with God is not secondary in this life. It is your primary duty and function. So when worry, care, fears, and frustration gets in the way of that, it's got to go. And we've got to get this thing under control because God is your source. And don't you know, and some of you know this very well, you can be so, so worried, so very worried, so very fearful that it's hard for you to get into the presence of God. I wish I had somebody to talk to me, Gordon. That's to let you know you've gone too far. That's not you. Are you hearing? So let's go quickly to uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter, Philippians 4. My God, I've been trying to get here for the last four weeks. And still won't be able to really get to it today. Philippians, the fourth chapter, we're going to read verses 4 through 9. Some of you may remember this, uh, the King James Version, it goes like this. Rejoice in the Lord, how, how long, how, how often? Always. Rejoice in the Lord always, King James says. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let's see, where are you? All right. The Lord is at hand. All right, verse 6. Be careful for what? Be careful for nothing. Uh, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the what? Peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and, your, and mind through Christ Jesus. Uh, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report... If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have uh, both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. We're going to break this down and we're not just going to be able to start today because I need to show you how to cast your cares. I want to give you more of an in-depth meaning of how to cast your cares. All of this is written in the word of God. I just want to bring this out to you because the time of overwhelming will come. 
And you need to know what to do when these things come on you again. Oh, you can bet that. Uh, the answer we'll see is found here in verse number six. Verse number six, and it goes on really verse number seven. There are three parts of this, so I'm going to diagram verse six for you. Uh, first part uh, is the command. There's the command, uh, which is uh, be careful for nothing. Then there is the how-to. Uh, that is, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So very big. Then there, there are the results uh, let your request, thing part there, let your request be made known to God. That's a result. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're going to break those things down. First of all, let's talk about the command. As the Lord says, be careful for nothing. We said before, the word careful means to be full of, be full of care. Be full of care, meaning to be overwhelmed. Now it says be, which means that that is your choice. You can choose to be or not to be. That is the question. Some of you knew I was going with that. It's your choice. So when, it, when cares come on you, when all these worries and anxieties come on you and you feel yourself going down that dark road, you feel yourself about to go into that cave again, remember, it is your choice whether to go in that cave or not. But listen, here's, here's a bit of advice, and I want you to know this, that when you choose not to go in the cave, the choosing to not go in the cave is actually more painful than the, than the initial going in the cave. It takes a lot less effort for you just to go on in the cave. It takes more effort for you to stop and resist and turn around. Are you hearing? It's easier to slide downhill than it is to walk uphill. So there is a battle when you decide not to be full of cares. There is a battle. But it is one that you can win. Amen. Now, know something, too. It says, be careful for nothing. This was also written as a command, meaning God is telling you this, commanding you this. Now, when God commands, somebody's got to help me out for a second, please. Rudy's going to help me out. If God commands me to do something and I don't do it, what is that called? It's got to be disobedience. And there, there's an S word that's a short three-letter S word. It's got to be sin. So if God commands me, and this is, look it up for yourself in the Greek. God's commanding us, don't be full of care. Be careful for nothing. That's a command. Why? Because he knows where it takes us. He knows that we can't minister and, and serve others. He, he knows we have a hard time being full of that. So he commands us, don't do it. And when we allow ourselves to do it and go in that cave, we're in disobedience. So this gives you every right. When you feel, when you see, feel yourself or you see someone else all burdened down, especially a brother and sister in the Lord, because remember, the Bible is not written to the world, it's written to the believers. So when you see another believer, oh, you're in the cave, aren't you? Let me go and encourage you. Because this is not what God wants for you. Hallelujah. 
Now you can take authority over that. You can take authority over something that is sinful, over something that is disobedient, whatever is causing that person to go down that dark cave. You can pray for them and command that to be broken because that is not the will of God for their life. It is not the will of God for your life. Turn to them and tell them it's not God's will for you. Hallelujah. It is not God's will for you. Say it again. It is not God's will for me. So he tells us here again, um, don't do it. But here again, it is your choice. As with any act from the Lord, you have to choose to do it or choose not to do it. Amen. All right. In addition, we become full of cares. And I think we'll stop here for the day. In addition, we become full of cares. This is why here again, we become full of cares. As we, uh, we're going to take a look at Matthew, um, the sixth chapter. We're going to look at it in three versions, and then we'll close out for today. Is anybody getting anything out of this? In addition, we become full of cares when we mix tomorrow's possible problems with today's concerns. Let's look at this. Uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 34, um, the King James Version says this. Take therefore what? Know what? Know what? Know what? Take therefore no thought for what? For the morrow or tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought of uh, for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry about tomorrow. You got enough right now to be concerned about today. You can become full of cares, full of cares, overflowing with cares, when you mix tomorrow's possible problems with today's issues. Let me show you the same verse out of the Message Bible. I love the way this reads too. It says, give your, give your entire attention to what God is doing when? Right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, that's good stuff. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Hallelujah. Wow, let's look at one more. Let's look at the voice translation. I like these. How about you? It says, um, so do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, one thing I want you to see is that the Bible says, take no fault. Jesus says, take no fault. Take no fault. Here again, this is also a command. Jesus is telling you, don't think about that. Amen. Don't think about that. Kind of like one of the people I knew, Mr. Hammer, kind of like, don't touch it. Doom, do, do, do. Again, he says, notice he says here, look, if we go back up to the King James Version. I want you to see this. Then we'll end up for the day here. It says, am I in the King James Version? What is that? Nope, I'm the wrong way. All right, hold on a second. I'm gonna get it for you. All right, it says here. Is that Matthew six thirty four? All right, hold on a second. 
All right, hold on. I'm going to get to you. Online community, hold on with us, okay? Bear with me just for a second. All right, we're getting there. All right. It says, therefore, rather it says, take therefore no fault. King James Version of Jesus said, don't take the fault. Don't take the fault, which means a fault will be presented to you. Just don't take it. Isn't that amazing? Faults will flow in and out of your mind. Just don't take it and meditate on it. Remember, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your head. Jesus said, don't take the thought. Turn to your name and tell them, don't take it. When the opportunity comes for something, for you to be worried about something else, and people are masters at giving you something to worry about. When those thoughts are presented to you, don't take it. Don't touch it. Doom, 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 doom. Don't take that. Doom, 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 doom. Don't take that. Doom, 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 doom. Don't take that. Doom, 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 doom. I want you to hear that when somebody you you at work or somewhere and they say, "Oh, don't you worry about that." What? Doom, 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 doom. Don't do, don't take that. My past said, don't take that. Doom, 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 don't take that. More importantly, it's what Jesus said to do. Take no thought, don't take that. Turn to your name and tell them, don't take that. You'll have an opportunity to take it. Don't. Don't. Don't take it. Are you hearing? So this is what the Lord is saying here. So he says, don't take the thought. The thought is at hand. But don't take it. Another opportunity to worry is just around the corner, but you don't have to seize it. Let me end with this too. Notice that the King James Version uh, describes this now. Um, worry or, or thought, thought uh, is the creator, we can say, of worry. When you begin to think about it and you think about the bad, you took it and now you're thinking about it and now you're thinking, meditate on, I don't have it, I won't have it, something's going to go wrong, something's going to go wrong. When you take it and put it in, your mind is going to work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it. So if you stop the thought from coming in, if you don't take it, you won't have it in your machine. Thus you'll stay out of worry. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, in essence, let me tell you this. One way to stop thinking about something is to start thinking about something else. You can't stop yourself from thinking. So you have to think on something else. Do we need to do an experiment? Okay. Let's, I want you to count 1 to 15. At the same time, I want uh, out loud. No, no. Okay. Yes. Okay. Count 1 to 15 or 1 to 20 inside, inside your thinking, in your mind. Just count it inside. I'll tell you when. Some of you have already started. Just wait. You're going to count 1 to 20, but at the same time, I want you, out of your mouth, I want you to um, say your alphabets, okay? All right, Gordon, Gordon start, start counting now inside. You're counting? All right, now say your alphabets. 
Yes. So when you began to speak, the thinking ceased. Did you hear that? When you began to speak, the thinking ceased. That's good, isn't it? When you began to speak, the thinking ceased. How do you stop that from running? Start speaking. Start speaking God's word. Start saying what he said about it. And it'll shut the other thing down. Continue to speak it until that's silent. Amen? Praise God. Closing number two. Let's give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So I'll be praying for your victory this week in Jesus' name. That you will not be overcome by worry, not be overcome by fear, but that you would be an overcomer. Amen. You'll be an overcomer in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.